This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ryan Fager at Goldwater Bank. Listen, if you're thinking about a move or a way to save money, Goldwater Bank is your answer. Rates that are among the lowest in the country with their experienced hand-picked staff, you have yourself a pretty easy decision. I've personally asked any question I could think of and I got an immediate answer. That is how well-versed their team is. Trust me, if you are at least thinking there is a reason for you to reach out to a lender, make your first call to Goldwater Bank and I guarantee it'll be your last. Plus, being a federally chartered, federally, I can't talk, federally chartered bank means they are among the elite few to be granted that status. So basically this means that no matter where you are thinking about moving in the country, they're there for you. No fluff, no filler, just straightforward answers. For you or anyone you know, I personally recommend Ryan Fager with Goldwater Bank Mortgage, located right down south in Arnold, Missouri. We are also brought to you each and every episode by Thoroughbred Wrestling Academy. My wrestling academy. Uh, I'm a little biased. I think it's pretty awesome. You should come check us out. But we have enrollment for all classes going on. Our Mustangs, 5- to 9-year-olds, in-season classes enrolling. Um, we have a one-day-a-week class for 10 and older, and then our 52-week-a-year program, the uh, elite 10 and older class that runs three days a week. We also have our our fall preseason tune-up for 10 and older. That camp is uh, taking registrants as we speak, and I believe that is the end of September, so a couple more weeks still to register. Uh, go to TWAMissouri.com to find out all the details on today's episode the inaugural episode first episode ever of the new podcast uh we have matt manley on uh recently was hired as the director of operations and moved back to missouri after a stint down in texas where he was helping run a club with a couple other mizzou guys i believe drake howdeshell was helping out with that too and might still be doing it um but Matt's a really funny guy. He's quite the character, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Uh, we we get into some weird stuff, maybe a little bit of underwear, but it's all good. It was funny. It was fun. I had a blast, and the tacos were delicious. So without further ado, Matt Manley. Hey. We are recording. All right. What's up, Matt Manley? We are live. I mean, not quite live, but we're recording. Delayed live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going on? Huh? Not a lot. We just finished with Missouri Wrestling Picture Day. It's always a a challenge for husky, thick people like myself. (laughs) Are you talking? Are you are you alluding to the suit wearing? Yeah, well, it's not even a suit. Even as a team. Okay, so here's the problem. Is so, it was always on the team, you'd have a workout, and you'd shower and go to your pictures. Well, I've, you know, even now when I shower, it takes me 45 minutes to stop sweating. <laughs> so all my photos, all my headshots, and I was on the team, I was always super sweaty. And when I got this job a couple weeks ago, they even posted one of my photos with the article from when I was on the team. My wife asked me why I was sweating so much in my photo today. I told her it's because I used an old one. But now I have a system, which briefly worked today. Yeah, we were discussing that a little bit before we started recording. So tell me about this <laughs> system. The so anti-perspiration. I, what is it? Operation anti-perspiration? Operation anti-perspiration. So ice cold shower. Put my pants and shoes and everything on. No shirt. So today I had a shirt and a jacket. So carry those up. So carry them upstairs on the elevator. That's step two. Cannot take the stairs. It is five flights of stairs from the basement. To Which, the let's, for a second, for a lot of people who may not know, uh, when you're a wrestler, you're not allowed to take the stairs. So that was a privilege that you didn't have before, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Where's your car? My truck's right here. Take my truck? Yes. My AC's like on the fritz, man. You don't want that. What are you driving? Right here. Black truck. Ooh, the black F-150. Yeah, 
But yeah, so that's step two. You gotta take the elevator. Man, you can't take the stairs. Any additional unnecessary movement will result in perspiration. <laughs> so, elevator, carry the shirt and the jacket. Get upstairs. Major key here, it is hot as hell on the fourth floor of the Hearns in August. So, you can't put the shirt and the jacket on until about two people are in front of you to get their picture taken. You need to be in the hole <laughs> to get your head shot. You slap that shirt on. I had to have Coach Joe tie my tie because I'm a grown ass man. I've got a beard, but I tying ties is not my forte. Well, I don't, I don't think that uh, you know before maybe a few weeks ago that you really had a reason to be tying ties. That's also true. You know, I <laughs> plan to be a big enough badass that I can say what I want to say and wear what I want to wear. And that does definitely not involve ties, but this job does kind of change things a bit. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that because we haven't got a chance to talk about that. So how did, uh, how did this come about? Because I guess you were running uh, an academy similar to myself down in Texas with a couple other cats. Yeah, so I was uh, running my wrestling academy. I started it last. The operations started last July, but we didn't actually get on the mat until September. Um, so we started last September. Mm -hmm. I grew it and grew it and grew it. Uh, kind of kept uh, recruiting kids, you know, through the area to come to my club. And our numbers kept growing, and we were thriving, getting bigger and bigger. And we went to Fargo. Had a, had a good Fargo trip. Team Texas had fair number of, of All-Americans. I think we had 13 we ended up with, so not bad. I think we finished in the top 10 overall. Nice. Um, but yeah, I got back from Fargo and I had a lot of plans moving forward for Gladiator Academy. And uh, then Coach Smith picked up the phone, gave me a call, gave me an offer to come up here and be the director of operations and uh, a regional training center coach. And told him no. And I called him back about two hours later. I told him, all right, I'll do it. But I got stipulations. So what happened in the two hours? I talked to my wife and I thought about it a little bit more. I did some sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him back. So it was just basically a conversation with your wife who, since we're just covering all these topics, who have you been married, like less than a year now? Or right out of a year? Got married in May. What was that, three months ago? Four? Three months ago. Yeah. What's that like? It's not a whole lot different. I mean, I said that like I don't know. But. <laughs> I mean, we, we've been dating that, or well, before we were married, we were right. dating for five and a half years. And we were best friends before that ever since, so it's not a whole lot different. I've lived with a woman now for going on six years, so. It was just getting, it took me a solid two and a half weeks to get used to my ring, which yeah, that's for, the, for the viewers out there, it's not on my finger right now because I just got back from a float trip and I left it in one of the wrestler's bags. It was yet to bring that bag back and return my ring. So you're just missing your wedding ring? Yeah, no big deal. No big Everybody deal. knows. <laughs> as long as everybody's on the same page, I guess it's not as big yeah. of a deal. I offered to get and the old tattoo ring. Oh, you know, okay. But that, that was... I think the words my wife used were trashy as hell. <laughs> oh, sorry, any of you listeners. Do you hear that, Ben? Do you hear that, Ben? <laughs> ben, ben have one? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, he's a hippie, though. He's an anomaly. He does things that fit uh, some stereotypes, but he doesn't fall into those stereotypes, you know? So, Like not wearing shoes. Hey, the shoe thing, I did the no shoe thing... I had several different springs in Columbia, and I had to stop because all of my teachers started to catch on. I think they colluded all together against me and maybe put shoes on. But, but yeah. that's a bold move. I mean, you know, in your everyday life is one thing, but going to class is a that's a big. I mean, it's a it takes some cojones to to make that jump. Oh man. It, <laughs> Going to class 
Like, what, what's that like the first day you walk into class with no shoes on? I mean, I got to imagine that. Well, I think they were happy, first of all, that I was there. <laughs> That's probably, like, the fourth thing they noticed about me. <laughs> like, number one, he's here. Well, I, I went through Number two, a he number. has a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. I went through, okay, that, that loops back around to the perspiration part. We'll come back to that. <laughs> but I went through a number of different phases while attending Mizzou of uh, how I treated my academics. And it took a couple of years for me to come around to realize that the way I was doing it was not the right way. So, yeah. I got in trouble various copious amounts of times for, let's see, walking without a shirt on. Mm -hmm. But there was reason behind that. It wasn't like I was just some dumbass that was going to class without a shirt on. So, wait, so it was hot as hell. There's rules now on like walking around campus with no shirt on? You can walk around campus with a shirt on, but you can't come into a classroom that uh, you're fixing to participate so in. So why would, like, yeah, but can you like put on the shirt when you get into the classroom? Yeah, but like I got yelled at. Like that's what I was doing, but so, I get out of my bag. So in that teacher's mind, it was like, if you just put it on 10 seconds earlier, we don't have a problem. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure the perception to her was that so I was like walked in, was getting ready to sit down, and I was digging my bag. She probably thought I was digging my books. Just wasn't gonna put a shirt on. Right. No shirt, no shoes. Oh, okay. Well, you know. the picture's coming. No problem. Clear but, now. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> there's problems. <laughs> she's she's looking at you, going like, "Oh, he's just gonna not put a shirt on." Like, yeah. she's thinking, "Oh, he's just well, getting his books just, and stuff out." Yeah, and you that know, it's sense. just a casualty of not wearing shoes. But when you don't wear shoes, your feet get dirty as hell. I mean. That, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but that is true. And so, dirty feet, no shirt. You look kind of homeless. <laughs> and so, but why I didn't have a shirt on was when it's August, September. You know, sometimes April, May. It's hotter than hell. If I wear my shirt walking across campus to class, I'm gonna go through four shirts in one day. Like, well, think about the, whatever poor girl you sit next to is like do you want to like, if she shows up after you she doesn't know that you didn't have a shirt on but if you wear your shirt the whole time and she sits down after you she's gonna be like this guy stinks and he smells like sweat and his after shirt is next to me What's like the after scenario? comes in the class after you've already sat down right? oh so like, like she has no knowledge of me being there she walks into a sweaty chair no 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 like she comes in and sits down next to you but you've got two options, right? You've got the option where... I mean, they're sweaty, stinky. Sweaty and stinky from wearing your shirt the whole walk across campus. Or she sits down to you in a dry shirt and she has no idea that you ever had your shirt off because you had it off the whole time across exactly. campus. It's what I would... So you're trying to be selfless is what I'm saying. Like, you're you're looking out for others. Ah, uh, to a degree. I would argue also, though, that before... Well, after I was dating my wife... I wouldn't have cared of what, you know, perception I left with others. Because I was taken right, off the market. Sure, I'm not fishing. Sure. But before, almost the same principle, if they can't handle my man musk, they don't deserve me. Whoa, what if she's not trying to get you? Not she's that just my trying wife, to have class. Not like, that my wife handles my to, man musk right now. She still complains about she's it. She's just trying but, to learn some communications for. Right. They need to know what they're getting into, is what I'm trying to say. Just by sitting in your general vicinity, they need to know what they're getting into. Like, yeah. If you're going to sit in this area... If they think they're going to live a life... You need to understand what's going on. You know, married to the catfish, they need to know. And I had my wife fooled for long enough that she saw past perspiration. Right. And the nonsense. All right, so we're going into, what is this? Fuzzy's Tacos, man. Fuzzy's Tacos. We this got, is my place. We got some Fuzzy's Tacos in St. Louis. Oh, when I left last May, going to Texas, they were just first, they announced that they uh, were building Fuzzy's. So I was super pissed because when I was in college, nobody knew about Fuzzy's, but I knew about it because it was in Oklahoma. And every time I go home to Oklahoma, I would gorge on tacos and Fuzzy's. And so I was super pissed that right after I was leaving Mizzou, they were building the fuzzies. So, but that, now that's going back here, it's pretty good. There's so much stuff that's changed since I left here. Like, I was, I was just talking about that to someone else. Was 
Like when I drive through downtown and campus, like how much different it looks and new apartments and new businesses and breweries and bars and oh, restaurants so and it's just like it's so different. It's like a different town. There's it's places, not, but it is. It feels so different than when I was here. I mean, yeah, there's places just three years ago and now. When I, was in, when I was in college, I used to go and hang out at. You know, and even like the building's not even there anymore. That's crazy. It's three years time. There's countless new buildings, new apartment complexes, and yeah, that's it is kind of crazy. Still good on sound? Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. A little glitch there. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Some, something didn't sound right. It doesn't look like there's any problems. But Sorry, I thought we were having some there. technical difficulties, yeah. but we are actually not having technical difficulties. Everything's good. We got off the tangent there, of the perspiration and the no shirt. But yeah. moving back to my class participation antics, I did once have a professor. This is when I was making 133. So I was cutting my nuts off and dying, trying not to die while still passing class. I did have a a professor email Coach Smith and say that your student is either your athlete is either if he's awake he's either playing games on his phone or he's got a huge dip in his mouth so I got chewed out for that but I thought it was pretty unique that that was like one of my only A's I ever got in college so what class was that? Oh god, it was like comp two or something, some like basic English class. <laughs> but yeah, that that was like I think my going into my third year. After that I kinda figured things out. I stopped not going 133 anymore, kinda fixed a lot of problems for me academic-wise and in my life. So then you ended your career at 157? Yeah, well 141 and then a brief stand at 157. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So what about uh, for maybe people who had, haven't followed her that much, what what was that like uh, your last year, like some of the stuff that you were going through? Uh, it sucked. It sucked going into it knowing I mean, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. It sucked going into it knowing that I was almost undoubtedly was not going to be 100%. And then especially, like, I was, I was like, like, 85% going into the first duel. So I blew my knee out in March, mm -hmm. first week of March. What exactly, when you say blow it out, like what? Torn LCL, PCL, completely torn. So, uh, nothing stopping my knee from bowing outward or to the outside. Gotcha. So, Basically, with that brace on, I couldn't put any like weight on it hardly. And with the brace on, I couldn't bend it at all. So it was, right. it sucked. So I had surgery in April. Where we had my ass off all summer, which 20% of the time consisted of my trainer, who's my boy. But I hated him when he was rehabbing me. Right. 20% of the time you would literally I'd lay on my stomach and he would sit on my back like straddling me and like force my heel down and forcefully touch my ass that sounds terrible and that oh god it was god awful I don't think it worked but no. <laughs> I've, I've gone through recently some of the same stuff like my shoulder I had surgery when I was in college and rehabbed it all back fine but since I've stopped competing and working out I have a lot of scar tissue in there and the phrase that I like to use is, hurts so good. <laughs> like, you get gotcha. that stretch that's like, hurts yeah. so, like, it feels good, but it hurt. there's nothing pleasure about, except for how much it hurts. Like, somehow that feels good. Like, no, I guess knowing that, that that pain is probably, I don't know, maybe that's part of, like, who we are, though, to understand that, like, if you're suffering, there's part of you that knows that something's going to come, like, positive from that, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I know some, this feels terrible, but it's for a reason, it and might that's be what deep feels down. good about it. It's like, yeah. the more it hurts means the more that I must be gaining. Yeah, I agree. A little but bit of that I sadistic kind of mindset. Talk about this, we're talking too, man, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So busted an awesome job with my knee. Today, it feels fine. Yeah. 
they did it the best job that they can do. That's uh, one, of the, one of the things that I talk to about, or talk to my wrestlers about, um, is, and I make sure when I do talk to them about this, that the first thing I say is, I am not a doctor, and I am <laughs> not a medical professional of any kind. Trust me, I'm a doctor. But I have yet to, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I have yet to come across a wrestler who had a meniscus repair, and it ended up well. Yeah, they always, they never end up well. Where, you, as you I told them, up, yeah, you get it shaved, you get cleaned up, and uh, you know, six months or a year later, you're back in there getting it cleaned up again. Like it's yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I had mine sh- shaved, and I've had no problems with it ever again. But every kid that I've had do a repair to where they actually go in and sew up the meniscus, and and it takes you know four to six months for you to get back, and it's like within two or three years you're having problems with it again. What's the go-to here? You want to get the Tempura Shrimp Tacos. All right, you order double of whatever you're getting. That's what I'll have. Can I get 10 uh, Tempura Shrimp Maha Tacos? Crispy. Is it 10? 10. Anything to drink? Oh, uh, you want to drink? I'll take a water. I'll take a water as well. Are you getting this? Wow, the podcast says perks. We're here. Yeah. You guys are listening out there. Morgan's saying we'll buy you dinner. <laughs> well, the idea is to get to the point to where I don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. My chip is not going to work. Um, you can swipe it. Sweet. It always, everything else makes me like put in the chip maybe like three times. Try it again. Just stick it in. One more time. It'll let you start it with the chip. Yeah. One more time. I just said that, like, one more time. There it goes. It's slow sometimes. So. It's all good. I'm very slow most of the time. Thank you so much. Sure. Yep, so, yeah, no, I agree. back to the the knee situations. So, yeah. Well, for my situation, it was just a situation that we just didn't have enough time. Really, at the time we did have, like I said, I think I was about eighty-five percent going back from the first duel, and I made it back from the first duel against Old Dominion. Yeah. And the first duel. Was it outside? It was too hot for you out there. Sweaty, sweaty the heat. No one can see me right now, so we're good. All right. But, but yeah, in the first duel back against Old Dominion, uh, I head snapped a guy, and my hand slid off his head, basically hammer fisted the mat, and after the match, I was cooling down. Larson was having me cool down. And I was like, man, I do push-ups to cool down. I was like, man, I think I jammed my finger really bad. Like, shit hurts. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you're fine. By the time we got to the airport, like, an hour later, it was the last match that duel. By the time we got to the airport, like, an hour later, my hand was, like, the size of a softball. We got back and x-rayed it, so I broke my hand. So then I was out, like, oh, God. I think I came back and... Late December, or maybe early January. Yeah, I made it back to the scuffle. So yeah, okay. I was, I was right. back, back. That's like right scuffle. at New Year, right? Yeah, like New right Year's. after New Year. And I had a whole leg taped up and a hand taped up, and uh, I like to wrestle kind of funky, and I wasn't very funky. It wasn't flexible. Right. Right. I didn't have any grip in my hands. They taped it up so tight. So I don't know. So that sucked, but it was definitely a learning point. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that it's, uh, and I don't want to get too much off topic, but I, I and, or too deep, um, but one of the things that um, I think about is I tell my kids, 
about the the idea of that you're not doing this all just for wrestling. Like wrestling is a conduit for learning all these things that you need to learn how to do. And like because if you put it if you think that it's all just for wrestling, that can be taken away in a moment. Oh, for sure. And if all that you think that you've been doing is just for wrestling, that can really uh, mess some people up, you know? And uh, I've seen it. And I, I don't know if you struggled with any of that, but I know for myself, when I had my shoulder surgery, there was a time for, of, of a couple months where I really was uncertain of my future. Like, if I was going to try to transfer somewhere, um, because at that point I hadn't really... I think I had started, but I didn't really do anything. So it was like, not my spot, right? Because it's like, it's only your spot if you got it and then you did something with it. And I had yet to do anything with it. Um, so there was nothing, I didn't, I didn't have the rights to that spot per se. And I thought, well, if, if me before getting injured wasn't able to do anything with it, like what's to say that anything's gonna change after I have a surgery? You know, like if I have this surgery, how do I know that I'm gonna be able to come back from that? Um, and so I was really concerned and really kind of depressed about it, and uh, but ended up just buckling down and working harder and figuring it out, and luckily was able to rehab. But um, yeah, it's definitely a struggle on the mental side too, not just the physical side. Oh yeah, for sure. There's definitely some depression that goes <laughs> on during the downtime of a recovery from a surgery. But but you know, I definitely think not spend too much time on it, but. A lot of lessons to be learned from dealing with injuries and you know, things being taken away from you, and have learned to deal with tough times. Right. Well, I mean, again, you know, I mean, it, you know, run, you run a wrestling academy. Sure. I remember, it's a business. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> most of the time, when you're growing a new business. It's hard times. Right. <laughs> if you don't know how to handle that and keep sure. moving forward, yeah. take adversity, then... Yeah, yeah I think that you're that. exactly right. I've, I've even, now that you're saying that, thought of parallels of that, you know, the time that I was mentioning with the injury versus now when we've hit hard times with the business, like different uh, hurdles that we've had to overcome. It's kind of the same kind of, like, oh, man. Ha, like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, you know, but we end up saying... Screw it! Like you just turn yeah, it around sure. and figure it's like, out a way. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah. oh, you blew your knee out worse, or you go bankrupt? You know? <laughs> I got no money and a kid, yeah. and I can't pay for food. But eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just go for it. Luckily, uh, I have a wife who uh, works very hard and is very supportive. She's awesome, so that helps on my end uh, and gives me a little more time to build the business correctly rather than trying to take shortcuts and do things that maybe would be good for the short term, but not so good for the long term. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. What, uh, did you do any hunting while you were in Texas? A little bit. Not a lot in Texas. Yeah. Still hunting, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, I guess where, where you were, there's not a ton of cover. Well, so I live, you know, you got to drive. First of all, all private land in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of public land, especially when you throw in per capita. Right. You know, how many people are there. Mm-hmm. And so you got to drive an hour and a half any which way to go hunting on public land. Or if you want to have private land, get a lease. You know, you're talking anywhere within that closer than the hour and a half from Dallas, you know, upwards of 10 grand. So <laughs> it's, it's not good old boy hunting no. like where I'm from. Right. I guess, how far for for you was it to drive back home, though, from there? From Texas? Yeah. Uh, where I originally moved to is like three hours, and then where I You're just... You're from Perry, right? From Perry, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma, for those of you who don't know. And so, uh, then when I moved to Plano, it was about four hours. But uh, I did a lot of hunting on the Red River on the Oklahoma side, so that was both better hunting and... The closest drive from my house. And then, so, yeah, about every weekend I would drive back to Perry. Now that you're back here, will you go back home to Oklahoma to hunt more, or do you do some hunting Not up here? Not more. I'll hunt a lot around here. You do public land? I do public and private around here. You got a couple of hookups up here? Yeah, I got a couple guys I know. Nice. So, over the years of being up here, and then let me hunt on their land. Where lane. do you hunt public ground? 
I've, I've got a couple of spots that I go to. You know, not exact locations, just what public places. It's gonna be my first year. I'm gonna hunt, try to hunt the river out here. Okay, I've gone out um, now. Like now, being out of out of Columbia for so long, I forget the names of a lot of places. Uh, there's some public land out um, east of the airport. South, you go south on 63. Yeah, the Mark Twain. Yeah, I found it out there. Yeah. That's a Mark Twain. It's kind of, it's not all connected. Mm -hmm. It's kind of chunky. Yeah, I found a couple little access places that I, I went a couple different places with a climber. A pretty big part of it backs up to uh, one of the private spots I had. So it's a lot of acreage right there that I can hunt. Yeah. And the guys on the team can hunt. I think um, Chandler, Michael Chandler was camping out there one night because we used to hunt out there. He was camping out there one night, and I believe, and I might be messing this up, um, he was camping and had a little fire going, and a rattlesnake came up to his fire, and he stabbed it with a knife. I wouldn't doubt and it. killed it. That sounds like Chandler. Not that long of a story, not that elaborate, but <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Snake killer. But yeah, we got a pretty nice little well, cult I've made here over the years, the wrestling team of new hunters. Yeah? That's awesome. Introducing people to hunting that haven't really well, done it. And I didn't really realize it until I came here for college when I started hunting here. But I never hunted really alone before. Right. I my dad, my sure. brothers. Sure. It's a lot harder to hunt alone. Nah, I could do it, but it was just it's such fun. Right. Well, that's what I mean. It's for me... When my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning, and I know that I'm the only person accountable, yeah. I'll just sleep in. Boy, I love hunting, but it's not as fun. You know, other people. And I'm only really out there. I, my goal tend to, you know, tends to be shoot the biggest buck that I can. So I go several years sometimes without shooting a buck. I'm looking for the one. So it's fun to live vicariously through others who don't care what they shoot. Right, <laughs> so, right. Like, oh, yeah, you should guys. definitely shoot that, because I wouldn't, but you right, should, because I want to... Well, it's fun to see them. You know, they never really... They don't really know what they're right. one. Right, yeah. Now they're bloodthirsty. Yeah, I love hunting with people. Like, I'm just a social person, you know what I mean? That's why I'm doing this. It's not like started doing out, it. started out me and Larson, and we would drive out and go hunting, and then it was me and Larson and, and Mitch Sweeney, who's our trainer. And then now, hell, we've got so many guys. We got two pickups <laughs> full when we go hunting. We got 10 guys on the team. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. There's always somebody that wants to go. Thank you. Awesome, thank you. You want to go sit in the, that bigger area? Yeah. So I lost my keys out there, though. Oh, you left them? I'll go grab them. So Matt has went to start murdering some tacos without me. And I am walking out to pick up his keys that he left on the table out here. I'm going to get back there, and there's going to be, like, one taco left. Trying to get back in the back with me, buddy. <laughs> I figured you already ate all of them. <laughs> and we're going to take a brief break to tell you about our sponsors, and we will be back after we finish eating these tacos. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ryan Fager at Goldwater Bank. Listen, if you're thinking about a move or a way to save money, Goldwater Bank is your answer. Rates that are among the lowest in the country with their experienced hand-picked staff, you have yourself a pretty easy decision. I've personally asked any question I could think of, and I got an immediate answer. That is how well-versed their team is. Trust me, if you are at least thinking, there is a reason for you to reach out to a lender. Make your first call to Goldwater Bank, and I guarantee it'll be your last. Plus, being a federally chartered bank means they are among the elite few to be granted that status. So basically, this means that no matter where you are thinking about moving in the country, they're there for you. No fluff, no filler, just straightforward answers. 
For you or anyone you know, I personally recommend Ryan Fager with Goldwater Bank Mortgage, located right down south in Arnold, Missouri. We are also brought to you each and every episode by Thoroughbred Wrestling Academy. My Wrestling Academy. Uh, I'm a little biased. I think it's pretty awesome. You should come check us out. But we have enrollment for all classes going on. Our Mustangs, 5- to 9-year-olds, in-season classes enrolling. Um, We have a a one-day-a-week class for 10 and older. And then our 52-week-a-year program, the uh, elite 10 and older class that runs three days a week. We also have our our fall preseason tune-up for 10 and older. That camp is uh, taking registrants as we speak. And I believe that is the end of September, so a couple more weeks still to register. Uh, go to TWAMissouri.com to find out all the details. And we are back. Just got done crushing some tacos. And as you heard when we ordered earlier, we got the shrimp tempura crunchy tacos at Fuzzy's. I was not let down. They are good. It was amazing. Like I told Marcus on the break, it's the only thing I've ever ordered off the menu. It's fuzzies. Not the only thing I've ever eaten, but the only thing I've ever ordered. I didn't catch that the first time when you said, like, uh, only thing you've ever ordered. You've consumed yeah. other things from here. Yeah, well, other people order other things. They don't finish their food. <laughs> I'm kind of like a garbage disposal. That's what they used to call me in grade school is the human garbage disposal when I would finish kids' lunches. <laughs> and then I found out about a new move. So tell me about the, the one less. The one less. Oh, yeah. So, Mizzou, Tiger Style, we got a, uh, a phrase called one more, meaning you can always do one more thing, you know, one more rep. One more shot. If you're always doing one more, you're always getting a little bit better each day. You're making others around you get a little bit better. Well, when I stopped wrestling and stopped working out, I got real fat real quick. And so I started implementing one less. Meaning, when I'm <laughs> eating, I get close to the end, I take one less bite. I never finish anything. One less. It's less prevalent now that I'm working out again. I don't want to do it as much, but <laughs> one less was my motto. It worked a little bit. Or at least I like to think it did. Well, I'm just a supporter because now I have one taco to go for my ride home tonight. There you go. Right. So I'm, re- I'm pretty excited about the idea of some satisfaction. Delayed gratification, maybe. So there you go. I know I have this taco <laughs> here waiting on me. And here in about an hour when I'm headed back, it's just going to be like 10 times even more delicious. <laughs> I would be lying to you, though, if I said I hadn't tried eating Fuzzy's Tacos on the road before, because I've tried that many times on George Bush Turnpike in Dallas. <laughs> and as my wife can contest, uh, it's pretty damn dangerous when you're dropping lettuce and tomatoes all over your lap and trying to catch it all while you're in six lanes of traffic. But That's basically the reason that I said no to the hot sauce when he was giving us the to-go box. Yeah, but to that I'd say, you know, look, I'm Ricky Bobby, I'm still here, we didn't wreck, so clearly <laughs> I could do it kicking. again. Yeah, so use that. So I noticed uh, this might be a little TMI for some folks, but after the team pictures, we went down to the locker room to get set up with the uh, mics, and I noticed you were rocking the blues. The Blue Spanx. And for those of you who are not aware of what I'm talking about, Cliff Keen makes a wrestling brief that is essentially a whitey tidy that's blue. They also have black, white, and I'm pretty sure a number of other colors. But they're all different. And we're not being we're not being paid in any way by Cliff Keen. Uh, yeah. Just say that. Um, I'm a full-on rudist man. But... <laughs> I gotta bring up the Cliff Keen underwear. Hey, I'm an unsigned agent. And you told me that you have a story, and I have, I have my own. I would say input towards this. I don't know that I have a story per se, but I have some, uh, some good, some good uh, pointers when it comes to the blues. Some are lovers, some are haters of the brief, wrestling brief. 
And to that, I would say they picked the wrong size. All right, so. See, I, I think the key is you got to cut out the white mesh. You do have to cut out the white mesh. So that started out, at least for us and the team, as. And if, if anyone from Cliff Keen is listening, you guys can save some money by just not putting in the mesh part. Yeah, you don't need it. Just get it. Right. You'll, you'll make them for cheaper, higher profit margin, and you'll give the people what they want. Continue. Sorry. All right. So I think that started for us cutting out the white mesh. It's like save that extra like tenth right there. Okay. On the scale. Okay. But then it quickly escalated to oh shit like these are way more comfortable. Yeah. Without the mesh. Yeah. Some support but some give. That mesh doesn't have any give. It just makes you into a Ken doll. Right. Just smash everything right up in there. So without the mesh, you're a little more free. Uh huh. But with that being said, you gotta have the right size. So I I must have all the right sizes because I didn't know that this was an issue, but I'm. Intrigued. So, and I can see how that would be definitely important. It is. Because uh, as they are tight, when you cut that mesh out, they're like, I feel naked. Like, it's this incredible comfort feeling when you cut that mesh out. Well, it, for also for anyone who didn't do the quick math in their head, I'm talking about these underwear. I still wear them. I got them on right now. <laughs> right now. I got them, I think. <laughs> I graduated. Yeah, right now I had the blues on. <laughs> You're a little closer, though. Yeah, but the blues... You know, it's been... Next year will be 10 years since I graduated college. Damn, man. And I, I still have those. I don't know match. I retired <laughs> from those after I beat LeVon Mays <laughs> in a crowd vote overtime. <laughs> well, you won on the crowd vote oh, or yeah. you lost? Oh, I won. Oh, yeah. I won. I probably the people's won. champ. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... But yeah, so the underwear, I went through two equipment managers at Mizzou. First one understood my problem. The second one did not get it. Uh-huh. All right? First one, I was like, look, his name was Eric. Like, Eric. Right. I know I'm a 133-pounder, and I'm just, I was at the time supposed to be a 125-pounder. I said, but I've got a dumper, man. <laughs> like, and it won't quit. Like, it's a dumper that won't quit. I get a big ass. all about the base. Yeah. I got I, a, a small or a medium brief is not going to cut it. You're dragging a wagon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it doesn't stop. <laughs> like, you couldn't just set a Coke can on it. You could set a whole case on it. Like. <laughs> okay, so, like, in high school, when people would be behind you in the lunch line, they would just set their tray. You could. On your Yeah, they could have. Okay. I brought my own lunch because I was that kid. But. All right, so go on about it. <laughs> anyway, so he understood my problem. He said, okay, man, you want a large or extra large? So sometimes I have a large, sometimes an extra large, you know. And I like to get a little bulky in the off season, so it just worked out. With that being said, we went to the second equipment manager. He did not understand the issue. He said, no, like, you're 133, all the 133s, 141s get mediums. Look, man, no. No, no, no. Look at my ass. Okay? And look at their asses. Same weight class. What do you see? Yeah, you got a big ass. Whatever. Everybody knows that. Exactly. You got a big ass. Everybody knows it. It's bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> Give me a big pair of underwear. Like, I need them. And so that, it went back and forth. I think eventually I made some trades and some other people on the team. I got to say, that's when you just got to barter with a... Yeah, tiny rear end person. And it wasn't usually hard because. But it's just something else you got to do, rather than just getting the size you want to begin with. Right, you got to get. You know, I, I would suggest getting a size bigger than you think you need for the briefs, and then cut the mesh out. Yeah. But second part of the underwear is that the colors are different and how they fit. Okay. Yeah, I think um, the black ones are feel bigger. So, so the blue, we have blues, blacks, and whites. I just had blues and I have like two pairs of black. I, so I have like six or seven blues and two pairs of black, I think. So I think my freshman year. And yes, for those of you who are keeping up, we are still talking about underwear. I think my freshman year, we maybe got one pair of blue and then one black, one white. And after that, we never got blue again. Only black and white. Um... 
and now only the coaches get blues. But so not not everybody understands this. Sounds like a lot's changed since I left. Yeah, yeah, a few things. <laughs> but the blues fit the most comfortably, the like loosest, if you can imagine that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Followed by the blacks and the whites. The whites are like I would be willing to like wager my paycheck that are like three times thicker. They are not comfortable no matter what size you get them in. They might have had like a transparency issue. They might might have. They but have thicker thicken them up, you know. Yeah. Now we can they, see straight through those. They're thicker than a snicker. Like they're not <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> like and then the blacks are like, yeah, you know, they're not bad, but they're not the blues. The blues are That's where it's at. They're the ones. That's where it's at. So now that we've finished our uh, promotional ad for Cooking, <laughs> give them a try. Uh, so we're pulling back into the Hearns, and so what? The the um, tell me about this renovation that's going on to the to the locker room area. Yeah. So we this also. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. Not salty, but jealous, I guess, when I was leaving. They just started doing the renovations. And, uh, but no, I get it. We, did, we had a good locker before, but now it's going to be state of the art. Uh, it'll, it, it looks like a football locker room. I'm excited. For a Division One college. Like, it's legit. So, but it's, uh, it's in the finishing stages right now. Well, I mean, it was sweet before. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad before. Nobody had any complaints before. It's just now that we, you know. This just seems they like put a, some respect on our name. It seems like a far stretch for <laughs> a guy who wrestled on the team win, if you can believe this or not. <clears throat> I was a freshman when we moved into the new room, the new wrestling room. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Here's From the, the weight room. Yes. <laughs> Which is now the weight room, the old wrestling room. We were in the new room for all of a week. When Smith, we showed up to practice one day, and there was a padlock and a chain on the door. Straight up Coach Carter. And he said, <laughs> you, you guys are a bunch of prima donnas, and you haven't done anything to deserve this new room. You need to earn your way back in to the new room. Wow. We got put back in the old room. And now they're redoing the locker room just because. Yeah. It's a long, long journey. It is. In the, what would you say, the evolution of Smith. Oh, yeah. He's a different man. <laughs> He's a different man even from when I started here. I would believe that. I would believe that. Right. Okay. They just repainted and stuff over here on the coach's <laughs> side. Um, well, the, the nice wooden lockers weren't here for coaches, right? Those were just the old. But those, those were here. Already, yeah. That's newer, though. I think. Then maybe then some yeah. of the other stuff. But these okay. are getting taken out. Of these old crappy metal lockers, and they're gonna get more wood ones like those to go gotcha. over here. And then they refloored and repainted and did redid all the shower heads and the prison showers here. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, isn't where the uh, like the team doctors come to shower with you, right? <laughs> or this? No? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's no. just way more open, you know? This is like a big football-style football locker room. Like right, so right here, and <laughs> you walk in, it's, you got our top 10 NCAA finishes and conference championships. I know this may not be interesting to some of you guys listening, and we won't stay in here long, but, um, you know, if any of you were in the old Mizzou locker room, it was kind of more of aisles that went around lockers, and this is just a big room open with all the lockers facing towards the middle. Um, <clears throat> similar, I mean, there was really nice wooden lockers in here before, and these are There's, probably just what I would consider to be a similar type of locker that has been um, just modernized a little bit. Right. Looks really nice. Very nice. Yeah. If you look, if you walk in any like Division One football or basketball locker room right now, this is like probably yeah. what it would look like. Maybe not even this good. Some. I'd but, say a lot don't. Some do. But, yeah. So we got huge TV in here. We're gonna have couches in here. That are coming in, uh, full kitchen, uh, getting an Xbox too. Oh, going to the locker room. Whoa. That's definitely some privilege that we didn't have. You come over here on the other side of the locker room that used to be 
just, uh, I think, guests, okay. showers and stuff. How about this? Track? I'm going to age myself again. When I came that in, that was locker. my locker. Yeah, that's storage now. <clears throat> wow. And so over here. So is just, just so we can recount what I've talked about. When I started here, it wasn't the same wrestling room. wasn't the same locker room. And I didn't say this earlier, but they tore down the dorms that I stayed in. Yeah. Like two years after I graduated. So there's nothing left here anymore. No. But it's all improvements you're, for the You're wiped from the campus. <laughs> Except for the banner. It is. Oh, even this shower is all up, upgraded. Yeah. This is all upgraded. This is the new team showers. Those showers before were the coaches' showers now. Okay. So then they, this. they are taking all of the things seriously right. as far as separating. Yeah. <laughs> coaches and, and athletes and then like this that. right here which used to be old crappy lockers for like mm-hmm. guest lockers is now going to be a big walk-in cold tub cold tub so we don't Get got your... those horse troughs that we so there's not going to be a horse trough in here no no horse trough what is going to be like a real cold big tub walk-in cold tub dang so yeah it's pretty creme de la creme well that's pretty cool pretty cool man But yeah, man, that's that's what we got going on. It's they're constantly we're getting we get so many you know, supporters now and awesome you know, people you know, donating to our program. We can send them these. my way. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what do you what uh, what's it look like between um, you know what school just got started? So between now and season start, what do you guys what do you guys got cooking? Ah, man, we're fixing to, uh, right now it's pretty much all open workouts. Um, they have open, open mats, open lifts. And then, here, I think uh, next week maybe, the week after? I'm not entirely sure. They'll, they'll start preseason workouts. Uh, stadium runs, and I think they might have a seven-miler or two in there. That's changed, too. The Even, route or the length? Uh, well, the number of seven milers. Yeah. I think they might only run one or two now. Well, see, it fluctuated um, each year. It kind of depended on when they decided that he wanted to start preseason. Sometimes it was five. Sometimes it was like three. It was year. five my first year. Yeah. Then it was four. Then it got down to three. And then, of course, my senior year, I was rehabbing. And I was a professional stationary bike rider, so I didn't run the seven miler, but... They wouldn't let you get on a real bike? Oh, they probably would have, but I didn't push you didn't for it. Ask. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely wouldn't ask him. So they put you down on the bottom floor here? Yeah, third floor. This is Diop's floor. Right here. Don't get it twisted. I got the double office. Got the couch in here. Oh, wow. You know what this room used to be when I was here? Storage. Oh, uh, film room. Film room. Yeah, we had a TV. And I watched film in here, I think, all of uh, two times that I came and watched matches. I hated watching my matches. We always just watched film in the coaches' offices. I think that was a temporary, like, setup for a season or two down here. Because <laughs> I don't ever remember being down here ever. I think it was, nobody used it when it was down here, so they... Yeah, the entire time I was here, until the guy before me, uh-huh. I think it was storage the whole time. That would make sense. So I... Mean, I'd never been down here until I got this job. So, yeah, this is home now. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Matt, what do you say we wrap this up? Hey, it's been real. It's been real. It's been fun. It has been fun. It's been real fun. It has been real fun. (laughs) We should do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you.